G'day everyone, welcome back to the Talking Leadership Podcast and I'm happy to bring you this particular episode, not that I've been unhappy bringing you previous episodes, but this one in particular is almost uh, going back to the future and and catching up with a previous guest and I'll I'll be doing a lot more of this through the podcasting process. So can I welcome today Nick Danko, how are you man? I am doing well, I don't know who's Doc Brown, right, and who's... Who's Marty McFly in this scenario? But I absolutely love the Back to the Future reference. So good to uh, good to be back on the show, Eric. How you been, mate? I'm I'm good. Well, as, as good as you can be under current circumstances. The podcasting is going well. The getting the message out about talking about any number of issues around leadership has been just an interesting learning curve for me. And if I can take anything away from it, I've, I've uh, become probably a better thinker around this. Not because I'm any more intelligent than I was yesterday, but it's because the the guests that I'm talking to have opened my eyes to a, a few things around the joint and that's been a, a good thing. So how about yourself? How are you, how are you traveling? How is the business going? Things are good. You know, it's been, uh, uh, been, been one whole trip around the sun since you and I connected last and it's been, been a heck of a ride. I got to say, you know, last year when we spoke, what, Tom Brady, you just won the Super Bowl. Everybody was still in the midst of the pandy. And uh, here we are a year later, Brady's now retired and, and things are starting to open up and at least mandates are being lifted. And uh, I'm getting the vibe and we'll go into further detail here, but I'm getting the vibe that people are, are ready to get back at it. You know, they're open for business, literally and figuratively speaking, that people are sort of excited to get back out there again. Based on that last comment, and it's, it's an interesting one and I'll, I'll tie it into the leadership issue in a second. You're saying people are ready to get back out there. Do you think there's been any mind shifts when it comes to the business environment or is it getting back to what normal looked like before the pandemic? You know, I, I know a lot of people use that that term, the new normal. I don't think it's ever going to be what it, what it was. We're going to get close to it, but it's going to be altered. I think that's just how it always is, right? We always wake up every day as sort of a different version of ourselves. And I think that the world itself is going to follow suit, you know, regardless of where you're at and what you're doing in, in your respective part of the, of the world. I, I think that in regards to that open for business comment, we're seeing at least from what I'm doing in the industry that I'm in, more people are open to those conversations now. You know, the face-to-face, the over-the-phone, I've been very diligent in my networking efforts, specifically in the last, gosh, 60, 90, even 120 days. It's been a a concentrated, concerted effort to get out there and just connect with people just to, to, you know, shake the hands and kiss the babies and get to see what people are doing. I've, I've been having anywhere between six to eight, well, six to 10 calls a day, probably scheduled on top of all else, of course, right? But just six to 10 new people that I'm Um, proactively reaching out to, to meet and greet, to try to get back into that normalcy, or at least, like I said, get as close as you can to it. But I don't know if it'll ever be what it was, but we're, we're getting back to some semblance of what we remember it prior to 2020. Thank you for that. I, I, I guess, I've, for the record, I didn't use the term new normal because I'm about to shoot myself if I keep hearing that particular term. Ain't um, that the truth? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. But I, I'm curious to ask you, because you deal with, with people and, and lead, leaders through your travels in, in the industry that you work in, mate, do you think people are, maybe desperate is not the right word, but very animated to get out and meet people face-to-face rather than use the technologies to meet people? Is that is that being in, in close proximity to someone having that discussion around a business opportunity or just a discussion about what services you can provide? Do you think there's a, a hunger to get back to more of that? 
Oh, without a doubt, you know, and an insatiable one at that, my friend. I remember the first the first conference that they had once people were sort of released back into the wild, if you will. It was nothing but hugs and smiles and people's faces being lit up. Now, understandably, that wasn't necessarily like your business to business meeting, but that was, you know, an acquirer show that I went to within my industry that was filled with leaders in this space, you know, other um, uh, CEOs, presidents, right? Directors, so on and so forth, the C suite executives that are in the payment space. And we, I mean, we were like kids in a candy store. It, it had been like, like we were all let out for recess and it was just, we owned the playground. It was fantastic. And so yes, to answer your question is the short answer. Um, people definitely have that hunger to get back out there and do that again, to see each other in that face-to-face business. I personally, just to elaborate a little bit more with regards to the technology, grateful for what it is, very thankful for what it allows us to do. But even now I'm not on camera with you. I'm, I'm actually not a fan of the camera aspect. If I'm, if I want to see your mouth move and, and, and the words that are coming out of it, I'd rather do it in person. Otherwise, for me, it's actually a little bit of a distraction. I prefer the phone. I can sort of soak in what you're saying, process it without having to worry about what am I doing on camera? You know, who's looking at me this way or that, right? Am I acting the right way? You know, do I, you know, do I have a hair out of place or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like all these little <laughs> yeah. idiosyncrasies, it gives me that opportunity to really focus in on you on this call. And so with intention, I actually don't get on camera much for, for calls. I prefer the phone or in person. What I'm starting to hear now in some of the discussions is, you know, terminology like hybrid operations so that it's, it's par- partially meeting people face-to-face, but in some senses being able to use a technology that's available because as, as much as we may be seeing the, the tail end of the worst of the pandemic, people are, are still a little afraid of that face-to-face contact. Yet the ironic thing is that some of us, we draw our en- energy from being around other people and then some don't need that to draw their energy so i personally am someone that can get energized and get my day started being completely isolated and alone but i'm i'm assuming and you can correct me if i'm wrong that you're definitely a people you get energized by the people around you and so i think the the challenge that's there for leadership and might get your views on this is that you have to be able to manage people on on, on that spectrum of what gets them up and going let alone not just understanding that, but understanding where your clients are coming from because potential uh, business opportunities, you may have clients that want predominantly the face-to-face because they don't want to make decisions without being there versus others that are, that are happy to use the technology. But is that is that fair call? Are you seeing some of that, Nick? Yes, I am. And uh, a lot of the folks that we do business with, and I'll, I'll preface by saying that everybody that I, that I work with, I, I call a partner because it truly is a partnership when we're doing business together from the client perspective, as well as anybody from sales representative, a, a point of sale reseller that we might work with, a software vendor. I consider everybody a, a partner. And so anyway, um, the majority of the partners that we work with, yes, are in the field now. They're actually doing you know that, that door-to-door sort of um, experience again. They're, they're visiting their clients. They're seeing them face-to-face. They're revisiting them, of course, once the, you know, we've, uh, uh, of course, onboarded the deal and the account is uh, live, you know, to make sure that everything's good, providing that white glove treatment again. People like that, you know, the pop-ins, the drop-offs, you know, was thinking about you, how are things? You know, there's that, it's that subtle touch to let them know that you're there. Um, and and it, it's all relational, of course, right? You keep the relationships and 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 that's that's essentially the long-term 
value there, at least for me, you know, I don't, I don't view it as, as profit over people. It's it, for me, it's people over profit, you know, one will come as a result of the other. Just make sure you got your priorities in order. Definitely seeing the outdoor and the, the, like I said, the face-to-face, the, the actual client visit again, store owners are happy to see folks again, even albeit salespeople. I think that they're, they're welcoming it with open arms. Again, uh, drawing on your experience now that you're back out in the world of, of people and the world of work, are leaders that you're meeting, are they talking about any changes to how they're operating or they're thinking around what they do in their businesses? Is that still something that's being talked about or is the priority shifting to just getting business done? I think that people are still thinking outside the box as to you know try to curb or avoid anything moving forward, right? So now I think everybody's got that sort of cautious optimism, of course, that things are going to be just fine moving forward with the understanding that we just, we still have to be prepared in case another instance arises. You know, nobody wants to go through that again. So precautions are being put in place, but it, it, it is, it's back to business. Let's, let's get it done. How about out, out your way? You know, I, I know we've, we've, we've kind of focused a lot on me and I hope you don't mind that I pose the question to you. What are you seeing in your part of the world with regards to businesses being open? I know you said that you're primarily a work from home person. You know, you have that, you know, that capability. Uh, same here. You know, I do pick up on the vibration of people. You had mentioned that I'm a people person. and I do enjoy being around others, but I'm perfectly fine working from home on the daily if I have to as well. I guess I can kind of turn it on and off as needed, but what are you seeing out out your way, my friend? Yeah, thank you for the question. Look, I think it's a mix of things. The in my industry, the ability to travel, there's a there's a hesitancy for government to meet face-to-face because we've just opened up our borders. I think there's a hesitancy to get back to what was um, standard operating procedure before the pandemic hit. I think people are recognising that we have to look at hybrid ways of working as an essential part of the employment contract. Now, funnily enough, I've had a couple of friends in, in very different industries looking for jobs that are telling me that when they're applying for things, the the idea of, of work from home, flexible working arrangements, sorry, COVID-19 mandates here being if you apply for a job, you must prove that you've had the, the COVID jab before or, or you've had multiple jabs and are up to date with them before they'll consider you as part of the recruitment process. So it's, I think that the environment is changing. What, what I'm not seeing is um, massive resistance to that. I think uh, employers are being flexible and understanding that uh, dealing with ambiguity, dealing with change is something that they're going to have to get used to. So the big, the big thing, I guess, if I'm a uh, long-winded way of saying all this, is that people's appetite for change and understanding what ambiguity is is now front and centre of how they do business. Uh, and, I, and I'll use one example when you're talking about planning your business, that that five-year, 10-year plan, maybe that's not the best way to go in some industries and that you have to have strategic plans and operational plans that are, that are ready to change at, the, uh, at a moment's notice. And that is not typical for some businesses and very typical for others. And so that that discussion around your ability to pivot is very important at the moment. So yeah, that that's what I'm seeing, Nick. You know, they're starting to lift mandates out my way. You know, things are becoming optional. My children's school, church, uh, every Sunday, you know, you have the option of what section to sit in, you know, whether you want to be with the unmasked or masked people, you know. And so I'm actually happy to see that. And I think most people are, you know, reading people's eyes while not really seeing their mouths move was, uh, you know, was troublesome uh, for me. You know, you, you 
weren't getting, I felt like I was getting cheated. Like I wasn't getting the full experience. I was still out in the public, but yet only catching it, you know, half measure. So I'm all for it personally. You know, this isn't a political thing by any means or where you stand, you know, in regards to the the jab, not getting jabbed, you know, the, the, whether you have to be forced to get it and provide proof, like you mentioned for job applications. This is just from like a human perspective. I'm happy to have the masks removed at this point to really get back to being, um, you know, being a community again. I guess another question as you're seeing the world around you moves, I know like many CEOs and founders of businesses that you're, you're probably looking at what are other industries doing and what are other leaders doing? Are you seeing anything out in the world of, of leadership that made you sort of stop and go, oh, I didn't realize that? Or are you seeing anything new that you weren't exposed to before as a result of, of the last year or so? The one thing that 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 was surprising to me recently, and I'll give you a for instance, was actually my children's school. I don't think that they knew sort of how to handle everything because you were getting it from both sides. You were getting the parents that obviously were for the masks. And then you had some children, obviously, that maybe didn't wear it fully, right? They kind of got a little lazy with it. And you fell below the nose or maybe became a chin strap sort of thing. And you know, and then, you know, you got the teachers trying to enforce the mandates and then the parents that are sort of coming down on the supervision of, of that, you know, by getting the children to wear it fully or, or maybe to lay off, you know, the child because they were, you know, non-mask type people. So I think that that really threw the education system, I, I guess I'll say, first and foremost, I think kind of got caught off guard a little bit with this and maybe wasn't quite sure uh, the backlash from both sides that was going to come. And I'll give you a, for instance, my, my son wears uh, glasses. And so sitting at his desk and being fully masked, covering the nose and mouth led to obviously fogged lenses for him. So he was one of those that was notorious for dipping it below his nostrils to at least clear the lenses so he could see what was happening in class, see this, uh, you know, the whiteboard, the chalkboard, whatever was going on, of course, at the front. Now the desks were six feet apart. However, you know, because of the mandate, you know, the teachers were still having to enforce and that led to, you know, me being concerned for his um, sort of long-term health with his eyes, having to s- sort of stress and see through fogged lenses. And so that was a situation that we had to navigate anew. You know, we had never been down that road before. In regards to business, of course, right? And like what other CEOs and, and, and things are doing, I'm seeing a lot of that work from home that you were talking about earlier, you know, on in, in your part of the, the world. A lot of jobs that are out there, you know, I'm seeing, uh, you know, can be stationed in Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, or WFH, you know, work from home. So that's now an option. You know, uh, wherever you are, you can work from there, from your couch, from your desk, from your room, whatever it should happen to be. Or if you want, I guess you can come in office, right? But they're at least offering that um, now with a lot of the job uh, applications that are out this way that I'm seeing. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I guess I'm noticing. Yeah, and that 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 opens up a whole lot of other positives and and potential pitfalls for leaders in managing your workforce because there are some jobs that lend themselves to being able to work from a laptop at home or the use of a mobile or combination of technologies, whereas some jobs you have to be present. And I'm talking particularly in manufacturing, in the production of a of a good versus the delivery of a service. I think where it gets tricky, let's say in your industry, is that you all, although things are automated, you still need to have that human connection because of the nature of the work that you do. And I, I think it makes the leadership question around all this quite 
interesting because there is no one best way to deal with a, a changing world of work. And pandemic aside, I think the the learning that I've been able to draw out of all this and having conversations with people like yourself, Nick, and others is to really bed down that being able to pivot when things, uh, when the proverbial hits the fan, that you, you're able to do yep. that and that it's not going to be a catastrophic issue for you to do it. Now, I'm, I'm not assuming by any stretch that everyone has the same appetite for ambiguity, which I think is a little different to the risk appetite that a, a founder, a CEO, a, a, even a, a, an entrepreneur. And I think with the entrepreneurial types of the world, they thrive on that risk, although calculated as those risks may be when you're talking about ambiguity there's a little the, the slight difference there is no matter what amount of pre-prepping you're doing if something changes in, in a catastrophic way like a pandemic no amount of planning is going to help you to deal with that so it's, it's being able to recover from the punch and be able to move on and do something else and I, I think you're as consistent as every person I've talked to that you need to be able to to be able to respond and adapt as needed and and maybe that's a gap that I'm seeing to answer your question before about what am I seeing I think the gap in leadership practice is that we weren't quite ready to deal with what pivoting might mean in our businesses and that's not a reflection or an attack on any one leader but it's the if being able to pivot is not in your toolkit or embedded in your DNA. You need to start engaging with that and dealing with any issues you might have with being able to do that. Um, is that a fair comment? Yeah. You know, grow or die, right? Uh, I'm a big believer in if, if I'm not taking at least one small step forward sort of thing, I feel like I'm going backwards, you know, 10 steps kind of, uh, I, I need traction every day. And so not just in the business sense of growing the business itself, but in regards to adapting um, and learning how to, as you mentioned, pivot with regards to what comes down the pike, you know, when you're, you're sort of staring at it uh, in the face. And so, but yeah, grow, grow or die. Definitely. I think that you have to be flexible enough to sort of see see the changes and, and hopefully be a step ahead. Um, now, granted, of course, world pandemic, you know, that, that that's tough to to be you know, to, to keep a step ahead of. But however, in regards to to what you're doing as a CEO, you know, you have to be be flexible enough and uh, obviously open eyes, open ears and open mind to where things may need to go. Don't be afraid to scrap it and start over if you have to in regards to whatever it is that you're doing, not just pandemic related, but in regards to any sort of business effort. If it isn't working, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to sort of kick it back and start over and take a different path. It's grow or die. Obviously, you have to adapt. And whatever it is that you're doing from a business sense, pandemic related or not, you know, just try to, like I mentioned, keep an open head, open mind, open eyes and ears and look for look for the tides, you know, look for the changes. Nick, you make some important points. And I think the one thing that I draw from that response, and, and it really is something that uh, all leaders do to varying degrees, is how prepared are you to be introspective about how you're doing or how you're applying the craft of, I think I'll use that term, how, how are you applying the craft of leadership? And your, the response in, in this call today, I, th I think, is a big example of um, needing to be reflective about your own practice. And that also includes understanding the industry that you're working in. And I get, I get the sense at that uh, conference that you mentioned 
at the start of this conversation when we were all like, and I'll use your terminology, kids in a candy store. Mm. I think the all of you understood that it's a people business that you're in in particular and that you need to have a level of contact and that, that is what drives in some senses what it is that you do. And it, for me, it comes back to this idea that if you're not being able to look internally and then understand how you work in the world around you, you're probably not going to be as effective as you might be so a point well made mate and one thing i'd like you to do if you can is give the listeners a bit of a sense of what it is that you're doing and how they can potentially contact you and i'll i'll, I'll put any links that you can provide me to to what it is that you you're doing in the business nick so it'd be over to you to, to plug what uh, simple is on about matt i appreciate that man it's like uh that elevator pitch right just uh via zoom but uh but no, so we're uh, we're in the payment space. Uh, we are a full service and support independent sales organization uh, and a payment solutions provider. So in a nutshell and in layman's terms is we work with a number of businesses across the country and we're getting there internationally. But right now we are domestic within the U.S. And we set up businesses all across big, small, national, large, doesn't matter for the acceptance of payments in any aspect. Now, most people say, well, who's your target vertical? Who's your prospective client? You know, I hate to be with such a broad brush and, and you know, and paint with it, but pretty much anybody, right? If you're accepting some sort of payment in some sort of format, whether it's retail restaurant, nonprofit, e-commerce, or otherwise, we obviously have a product and or service that can um, support that and mostly likely make your situation a little bit more seamless and easier with regards to said acceptance of payments. We work with a number of different partners across the country. Something I mentioned earlier, you know, independent agents, uh, software vendors, point of sale dealers, you know, we, we focus on hospitality, specifically because of our POS uh, vertical, that channel draws a lot of business. And so we are hospitality heavy. However, we have tools and services for just about everybody. We started about a year ago, man, you know, when we started this uh, conversation, when you and I first connected, um, it was a result, direct result of the pandemic that we decided to take this leap. And me and my business partner have come a long way, been the most exciting year of my life, taking this leap. They say that you sort of learn how to build the plane on the uh, you know, on the way down, if you make that that jump off the cliffside, um, man, does it ever apply? I can speak a hundred percent that uh, there are no truer words than that. But it's the most exciting, most thrilling, and most fearful ride that you can take. Everything is on the line. There is no plan B. There is no safety net. You know, you are all in. And if you're not, you're you know, unfortunately, it's it's not going to work. But the the long days, the long nights. You know, I mean, my typical day starts at 4 a.m. when I wake, and I'm usually starting work by 5 5:30, checking emails and whatnot. Calls are coming by 7 a.m. Central, which is 8 a.m. Eastern. And I'm usually 12 hours later still on the phone. I mean, here we are talking, right? As the day goes goes longer into the evening. But it's uh, it's the best time of my life, my friend. I wouldn't change it for the world. I don't regret it. My, If I were to say that I could, could have changed anything about it, I wish I had done it sooner. I just wasn't prepared, obviously, until the time it was, uh, was exactly right. We are called Simple, S-Y-M-P-L-E. You can find us at www.gosimple.com. Of course, that's go simple with a y.com. Love to hear from anybody and everybody, obviously, which is why I mentioned at the beginning of the call that I've been having all these networking efforts with people. 
people have been much more accepting to a simple phone call. I go into each one of them with zero expectations, but high hopes that I'm at the very least going to have an entertaining conversation with possible new friend, maybe another name in the Rolodex to call upon down the road if our paths should cross or if I need their services and or vice versa. But it's been a blast, Eric, an absolute blast. That, that's amazing, Nick. So uh, for those listening, I've been speaking to Nick Danko. Nick, thank you for your time, my friend. Yeah, Eric, it's been a pleasure, my man. All the best to you. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the time. Hopefully we can do it again down the road. Uh, And until then, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. And thank you again for the time, man. All the best. Appreciate that, Nick. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll catch everyone on the next podcast.